I'm Katie J. And I'm Katie H. Welcome to the Katie's. Good morning, everybody. (laughs) Welcome back to the Katie's podcast. Welcome back. It's a joy to be with you. (laughs) I don't know why we always... Literally always, every single episode, I guess, uh, be with you, be in your ears, lol. Yeah. But whatever, you get it. We're get happy it. You to know be what with you. If you're still tuning in, you know what you expect at this point. Yeah. You get what you get. I wish you could have a little bird's eye view into our recording studio this morning. Uh. We both have bags under our eyes and you can probably hear it in our voices. We're just, we're a little tired today. I got out of the car this morning and Katie goes, you good? <laughs> Like, well, the next week she gets out of the car and I was like, oh, boy. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Yeah. It's just been a long week. We both have been busy in a lot of different directions. And yeah. But here we are. Yeah. Good. Still tired. Busy. Yeah. It was recently Katie J's birthday. Another another year older. Party hardy. (laughs) To be clear, she's not tired from partying. No. Um, Oh gosh! My friends and I were literally just up late watching a movie, but she called it the most kosher birthday celebration (laughs) she's ever been a part of. Yes, Uh, yes. But anyway, thank you once again for dealing with us for being for being here for for listening and it's always just so encouraging to hear from you guys and I had a few conversations this week with people who were being encouraging or talking about something that has meant something to them from an episode they were listening to recently and it's just it's so cool it, it doesn't so really cool. get old no never. Um, just realizing that we get to like sit here and record these conversations and learn ourselves and all that it's it's yeah. a good time and it still feels like we like just started this it thing does. but we're almost 50 episodes in i know i actually cannot <laughs> believe completely it completely mind-blowing do you remember when we were like oh when we get to 30 episodes like we should do this yes. and we're just like wow that's <laughs> like so far biggest. away yeah <laughs> let's host a conference yes. like, <laughs> drama and, and now we're like okay we can barely get here in the morning so <laughs> So um, no conferences in your <laughs> near future. I'm so sorry. But for real though, we are we are going strong and we have ideas and it just keeps going. Yes. Praise the Lord. Absolutely. Amen. So today uh, I wrote the episode for you guys and it is another one of our like more topical ones. Um, and I know most of our topical episodes lately have been very like exegesis, scriptural Mm -hmm. study. This one's going to be a little bit different. I just, I was trying to think of what to talk about and these ideas have all just been floating around in my brain. And I thought, you know, maybe someone else will benefit from them. Um, but we're going to call this episode the extraordinary life, but you're going to see it's like the extraordinary (laughs) life. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I thought it was really creative. You're so smart. I know. I know. But basically I don't have to tell you this. You all know, like we live in a time of extraordinary pressure, like extraordinary external pressure from all sides. We get it from society. We get it from social media. We get it from, we just have like so much access to seeing what everyone else is doing all the time. This feeling applies to you, whether you are in high school or whether you're in your twenties or whether you are a mother or any of these things, like Um, We all understand this pressure and the comparison game and whatever, but part of it is just like the messaging that we get all the time. We are constantly hearing, um, you know, like you're special, which is like 
oh, thanks. Like, okay, what do I do with it? Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> your potential is unlimited. Um, like you need to be doing more, like always looking mm-hmm. for things to add into your life. Uh, but also you need to take care of yourself. Yeah. You know, like you need to have time for self-care, but also you need to change the world. You know, <laughs> also you need to solve all the world's problems. Okay, but also start a business, um, start a ministry. You know what I mean? Be well-read, take time to invest in yourself and your hobbies, be everything all at once, everywhere, forever, for everyone. Yeah. Like, I don't know if you feel that pressure, but I feel oh it all gosh, the time. Yeah. And it's it's funny because <laughs> I think there's like so much, even on social media and stuff, because I think that's where we all probably get fed a lot mm-hmm. of this stuff. But on social media, we get all the time like how to like take a step back from <laughs> yeah. like the hustle and all this stuff. But it's always like more things to do. <laughs> do all 800 yeah. of these steps. Yeah, it's just more to do. You know, while you're talking, I'm thinking this is probably something that you and I are maybe more susceptible to as well just because of our personalities um, in that we want to do all of these things. We want to start the ministry, do the business, you know, change the world, whatever you want to do. And so we've talked about this. Like that's that's who we are and there's something to that. Absolutely. So, you know, maybe there's some of you that are like, what? And that could just be, that's not your personality and you, whatever. But there, that information is still being fed to you. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I think there's probably two like extremes on this where yeah. there's the, the side of it where it's like, okay, you know, like, let yeah. me, let me check. Yes. I'm going to do all of let these things. Let me start a podcast. <laughs> let me, let me start a podcast and start making chia smoothies every morning. Yes. And I'm going to start doing all these things. And here's like how I'm going to schedule all my time with my friends and yes. blah, blah, blah. Then there's the other side of things that's like paralyzed by all of this noise, right? Where it's like, I feel like I don't have anything to offer or there's just too much. I'm, I don't know how to do any of it. Like I think we, we all tend to like fall somewhere on that spectrum Mm -hmm. and whether or not you're like, truly, if, if you're one of those people that you're like, what? Like, I'm not affected by any of this. Like I do my own thing. I would love to meet you because I think we're all great. You sound really (laughs) healthy. Uh, that's fantastic. But like even the simple decisions in our lives aren't simple anymore. Like yeah. the snacks I feed my kids, everyone has an opinion about, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, Cause they've got heavy metals. Yes. The, the water you drink, the water bottle you drink out of, like yeah. every little thing that you do has like this huge weight. Now. Yeah. And everyone will tell you why what you're doing is wrong. And I think this is like, especially a mommy culture thing, but it's, like I remember feeling it when I was yeah. where you were at too. Oh my gosh, where it's I like totally every single that. thing you do and school and jobs and comparison and you know, should I have a 401k? Like yes. all of those kind of questions that you're asking. Like every decision is no longer simple. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's just noise. And what I wanna like present to you today, to myself <laughs> and to Katie <laughs> and to you, is to give you permission. You have permission to live an ordinary life, and I'm doing air quotes here, <laughs> a quiet life to take a step back from overwhelm, to turn off the noise, to root yourself in the word of God and to lead a godly and quiet life. And we're going to talk about what we mean by this. I'm not advocating for like, you need to go get a goat and a pig and homestead (laughs) and like (laughs) burn the internet and never see it again. Like I'm not like make your own clothes. Um, I mean like you can. If you love that, I think that's awesome and go do it. But I'm not. Katie's all, I'm sorry, you make your own clothes. (laughs) Yeah, I, I was actually just having this conversation with a few friends. We were There's like this group of moms that we get together once a month. And 
someone was talking about how like they genuinely have the desire to like be that person who yeah. like, has goats and makes their own clothes and <laughs> makes goat cheese You're and like all this stuff. Crazy. And I was like, cool, I'm going to live in the suburbs. <laughs> like I have no desire to do that. We're all different. But yeah. I'm not, I'm not like saying one type of like cultural way for a quiet life to look or a godly life to look um, because all those things are cultural mm-hmm. and fads and all of that. I'm talking about contentment where you are at with how God made you present in the season that you are in, rooted in the word of God. Um, and one of the verses I'm drawing from for this is 1 Thessalonians 4, 11 through 12, which is make it your goal to live a quiet life, minding your own business, working with your hands, just as you, as we instructed before. Then people who are not believers will respect the way you live and will not need to, and you will not need to depend on others. And this is one that can totally be used for that, like mm-hmm. child wife, home study <laughs> kind of thing, um, which Again, not what I'm promoting necessarily, but there is something biblical to the idea of like the grand ambition, the like hunger for power, the hunger for more, like more, more, more all the time. Um, It's often rooted in idolatry and that it is an admirable and worthy goal to decide to simplify your life as much as is possible for the sake of sharing the gospel. And also, I'm not talking about poverty here, like any of those yeah. things. There's 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 some extremes here. There's like prosperity mindset and there's the poverty mindset. I'm not going into either of those things. Um, I'm talking about reasonable, yes. quiet obedience. Um, so what I want to like discuss in the rest of this episode is what are some of the like extraordinary components of the ordinary Christian life that yeah. no matter how quiet your life is, no matter how ordinary no matter if you are just working the same job until you retire or mm-hmm. if you never start anything brand new or if you um, are a stay-at-home mom or like whatever those things are for you, that there is promise for some extraordinary outcomes and extraordinary like promises yeah. that you get to experience in your life because of Christ, which is exciting and should encourage everyone, right? <clears throat> so one of those extraordinary components is love of the Lord and love of others. This is something that the spirit does in us and gives us as we pursue a life of obedience to God. And so the first verse that I want to read here that summarizes this whole point is Matthew 22, 37 through 40. Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally more equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. And this is when, you know, Jesus is being approached by the Pharisees and they're saying, you know, what is the most important Mm -hmm. commandment? Like, what is the highest law? All these things. And Jesus stumps them by summarizing all of the law in these two things and saying that these things are of equal importance and they flow from one another, right? That loving God is the source of all other things in your life, like, and leads you to obedience to the law and also is the natural outflow of loving the Lord with all of your heart, soul, and mind is going to be loving your neighbor as yourself. Mm -hmm. So like when you look at the law, you look at, you know, there's laws about what it looks like to love God. Like how do we love God? How do we approach him in holiness and all these things, um, which has been fulfilled through Jesus, which we're going to get to. But a lot of the other part, like components of the law are how we interact with one another and how we best love and prefer those around us to have like harmonious society and like all of these things, but true love and reverence for other people out of the image of God that is placed within them. So I want to talk about here, like what is loving the Lord? And I 
I would say that loving the Lord is from my understanding of the Bible as a whole is deeply entwined with obeying him. Yeah. Um, that we love God in a way we've talked about this actually in a recent episode, but loving God in a way that is like childlike and mm-hmm. intimate and like all those things are, are beautiful and as oftentimes a lot easier, like at the beginning, like that walking down the aisle moment, right. Yeah. Of like the, the love and the appreciation and the emotional like feeling, but love is shown through action. Love mm-hmm. is shown through obedience. Love is shown through the way that we respond to God and interact with him through his word. So, one of the verses that backs up what I'm saying here is Deuteronomy 11.1, 1, which says, you must love the Lord your God and always obey his requirements, decrees, regulations, and commands. And then there's a, a passage in Psalms that I wanted to read here as well. So Psalm 19, 7 through 9. The instructions of the Lord are perfect, reviving the soul. The decrees of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The commandments of the Lord are right, bringing joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are clear, giving insight for living. Reverence for the Lord is pure, lasting forever. The laws of the Lord are true. Each one is fair. Mm. And pretty much all of Psalm 19 is like a, a love letter to the, to the law and to the word of God. But you can hear in like the tone in this passage is it's adoration. It's, it's yeah. reverent. It's viewing these, these laws and instructions and decrees of God as not something to trap you, to like <laughs> put you in this small little life that you know, you're so foolish for missing out on what the world gets to enjoy. It's like, no, it is, it is perfect. Like it brings joy to my heart. It, it lasts forever. Like it's fair and makes wise, the simple and like lovely and fragrant and all of these things, right? Like it's a, it's a beautiful way to view God's word. Absolutely. And if you think about the purpose of the law and the purpose of God even having standards for us, period, it is so that we can be in his presence. It's Mm -hmm. relational intimacy with the Lord. And um, when you think about it that way and not just like, oh, all these things I can and can't do, Mm -hmm. um, then that is love for the Lord and being loved by the Lord is upholding his commands, walking in obedience with him because it's there for our closeness to him. And mm-hmm. for our son or daughtership of him, you mm-hmm. know, it, it's just, it takes a reframing of what it looks like to be obedient to God. Yeah. You know, it's not just struggle and toil against our flesh all the time. Right. And sometimes that is what it is, but it's walking in oneness with his spirit. Right. And yeah, I don't know. I think that that's an essential part of what we're talking about is the purpose of the law is mm-hmm. our closeness with God. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I love that. And the reason that I like bring this up is because we on our own strength in our own power have no real ability to like <laughs> obey God yeah. or love God in the way that is that he's due, right? In the way that is like required or appropriate. And simply by his and not simply at all but simply by his his sacrifice and by what he has done in his work of salvation he gives us his spirit which empowers us to obey him and it doesn't matter if you live the most ordinary boring 9 to 5 christian life where yeah. you never start a ministry and you never you know preach to thousands across the world and do all of these things obedience is is radical and obedience yeah is a light for the world around you to see, even in the most simple of decisions and the most simple of 
like ways that it differentiates you from mm-hmm. the world. I mean, you hear, at least I feel like your hero pastors talk all the time about options, like ways this looks, even just in like how you interact with your family and how you like in the neighborhood you live in practically, right? Yeah. Like how you treat your neighbors and how you honor laws and how you like do all of these things in a way that is joyful and the way you don't complain and all of this stuff, that stuff speaks a lot louder to 99% of people than the most profoundly scholarly apologetics ministry that you could like start and argue and do all these things. Like, like people's hearts aren't changed commonly by argument and, you know, beautifully constructed theses and all of this stuff. Like that stuff is important and we love it. We talk about it all the time. (laughs) But what really changes people's hearts is seeing love, like seeing true love in action, seeing people love God and seeing people love others. And the Bible talks about this too, that they will know us by our love. Yeah. Um, and we cannot appropriately love other Christians. We cannot appropriately love the world unless this like love of God is in the correct place in our hearts. Yeah. And I also wanted to add here that like loving God and loving his word doesn't mean that we have no ambition right? Like Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean that, oh, it makes my world so small and I just have to spend my whole life focusing on the little things in front of me, right? Like that's a component of it. But what it really does is it centers that ambition. Like God has, God has put in you passion. God has put in you things that you care about and want to see changed and all of these things. Like it's beautiful how much he's made us all to care about different things so strongly, but it centers that ambition and sets it on the right aim. Like it sets it on the aim of honoring the father of obedience to him, of spreading the kingdom of God on earth. It gives us courage to obey in big things and small things. And you know, the Bible talks about this principle too, right? That like being faithful in little, like you're going to be faithful in much. I was about to say that, you know, we can live the simple Christian nine to five life like we're talking about. But when you are adequately (laughs) loving God and loving others, it will not stay that way. Like there's just no way. And even you may look at your life and think this is very simple nine to five. But when you really think about it, oh, I've got all of these people that I like pour into Mm -hmm. and they feel comfortable in my home and I feed them sometimes. And oh, I, I'm actually like gifted in this area and I'm doing this ministry. And like, you think about all the things in your life and it feels simple and it feels, I don't know. I think simple is the best way, way to put it, but it's because God has equipped you for all of those things. And because you're walking in obedience and love for the Lord and love for others, those things are going to crop up in your life and it's not going to feel extraordinarily extraordinary. And you're going to have to like, you know, whatever it looks like Mm -hmm. (laughs) move on to a compound to like accommodate for all the people that you're reaching, you know, whatever. (laughs) That's how cults. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Don't do that. (laughs) You silly. Um, But you know what I mean? Like it's not, It'll feel ordinary, but it's not. And that's the point of what we're talking about. But also just super practically, you will be doing more than the average person because of your love for the Lord and because of your love for your fellow man. Right. So, And I want to come back to this idea because I think it all fits really well into the next point. It's making me think of all these other things that I think fit really well into the next point that I want to talk about. But finishing up this idea, like loving God, loving his word, 
like I said, it gives us courage for obedience, like in the small things in life and in the big things, but it also like attunes us to his voice and assures that we stay in his will. So whether that means that you're in his will in the way that you talk to people in the grocery store or whether you're in his will with how you direct a multi-international ministry, right? Yeah. Like you, it all starts the same way with little obediences, being rooted in the word of God, loving him, loving his word and being in the will of God. Like it sounds like both the simplest idea in the whole world and also like <laughs> the biggest challenge for us to like discern or understand. But there's like a promise that when you being in the will of God, like being obedient, following where he leads you is going absolutely to be the most satisfying grand adventure of your life, no matter what it looks like. Like yeah. it doesn't matter if it's a multinational ministry. It doesn't matter if it's this career where you're featured in editorials all the time. It yeah. doesn't matter if literally all you have to speak for your life is children and grandchildren who love the Lord. Like whatever that is, it is going to satisfy you. It is going to be a grand adventure. Um, and you're not going to be disappointed. Like I've talked to a lot of older Christians in a lot of different capacities. I've talked to parents and grandparents and pastors and people who like who have been following the Lord for decades and decades and decades. And I don't know a single one of those people who say like, yeah, this has really like disappointed me how this has all worked out. And yeah. God has like really let me down. And like people have things that they wish were different, but a lot of times Christians who are mature and have followed the Lord through really difficult things, like they what they see and what they proclaim is the goodness of God, like in all of those yeah. things. And There's never a, oh, I wish I had done that without God. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And that's that's the whole point of what I'm trying to say is yeah. that being being obedient to and hungry for like the will of God to be what is like seen in your life and the result of your life um, is going to satisfy you. It, yeah. it just is. Um, Talk to Christians that are older than you. Yes. <laughs> Ask them these questions. And the fact that you really won't encounter older Christians that have regrets about following the Lord is profound. That is yeah. profound. Like, do not let that be lost on you. Right. That these people who have committed their lives to something don't have regrets about it. Right. Because people have regrets about so many things mm -hmm. that look good on the outside. Oh, I wish I wouldn't have done that career, even though it was successful. Yeah. I wish I wouldn't have gone and to college, even though I have my degree now. Yeah. But you're not going to find people who regret a life with the Lord. Right. And that is huge. And that should be a huge encouragement to you in whatever season you're at. Even if you're like, no, I'm chilling with God. Like, we're good. Then then be encouraged that that is great and that at the end of your life, you're going to feel the same way. Yeah. Um, but if you're in a really, really hard season, don't let the frustration rob you of the the joy set before you with the Lord. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's more profound than I feel we make it sound yeah. that all of these people love God for so long and don't regret it at all. Right. And even more sad are people who would have like called themselves Christians their whole life and, you know, done all the things and gone to church and like blah, 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 but never like committed themselves to obedience and had big blind spots in yeah. their families or their careers or things like that, where like, it's obvious looking at it, like the, your life is not a testimony yes. of like True obedience, obedience and love, yeah. like love for the Lord. You can see like, 
the emptiness and the family breakdown and the, yeah. the regret like in loneliness and a lot of these situations and I have them in my own family and like just where I can see these things especially compared to someone who has wholeheartedly like loved the Lord and loved his word yeah. and like honored him for their their life the the contrast is stark like it's it's very stark so anyway the next extraordinary component of the ordinary Christian life is the ability to like fulfill your calling. And this one's a little bit abstract, but I want to talk specifically about like ministry. Like ministry yeah. is this big word that we use. There's a version in Colossians 4 verse 17 where Paul's like saying his goodbyes and he's making notes to all these different people. And it says, and say to Archippus, I think that's his name, be sure to carry out the ministry the Lord gave you. And the Lord gives every single Christian a ministry. Mm -hmm. But what is ministry? Like what is ministering as a Christian? And I found this really helpful little tidbit in an article on gotquestions.org about Christian ministry that says, the Christian should minister by meeting people's needs with love and humility on Christ's behalf. Um, and there's a bunch of verse references here. So Matthew 20, 26, Mark 10, 43, John 2, 5, and 9, Acts 6, 3, Romans 1, 1, Galatians 1, 10, and Colossians 4, 12. Those are all, those are just a few of things that are like backing up this idea that ministry is meeting others' needs with love and humility on Christ's behalf. Christians are to minister to others out of their devotion to Christ and their love for others, whether the other people are believers or unbelievers. Ministry to others should be impartial and unconditional, always seeking to help others as Jesus would. So I thought this was a helpful mm -hmm. definition. It doesn't mean necessarily like, oh, I have a podcast or I have a teaching ministry yeah. or I have, you know, a curriculum or whatever those things are. I have a small group. This kind of ministry, like this definition can happen anywhere, like anytime. It's literally what is in front of you today. Who is in front of you today? How can you love them as Christ loves them and on his behalf, humbly? And a life that is marked by this, like a totally ordinary life, can yield pretty dang extraordinary fruit when you are loving people the way that Christ would love them and your heart is being softened like to love them in a way that is beyond you. And I want to read Micah 6.8 here. No, O people, the Lord has told you what is good. And this is what he requires of you, to do what is right, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. So these are the requirements. There is so much room and opportunity like within these parameters that like, God has set, right? Of his his expectation and his call for all of us in ministry. Um of of love, of righteousness, of mercy, of humility. Like we have the opportunity to do this in whatever is in front of us. And I was trying to think of like people in the Bible who were totally ordinary and faithful and God did extraordinary things through them. And that's literally everyone in the Bible. <laughs> like every person that God used and thinking about like Ruth and how she didn't really do anything exceptional. Like yeah. there, there's not much about the story of Ruth where it's like, she's this hero that does anything crazy. She's just faithful and yeah. humble and loving and obedient. And God uses her to bring about like literally bringing Jesus to earth. Like she's yeah. in his lineage. And um, there's so many other examples, but thinking about like other Christians in history and like the most basic one I could think of, but I think it's a really great example is like Mother Teresa, like yeah. what she was doing. And I think she was Calcutta, right? Mm -hmm. 
like what she was doing in Calcutta was literally just living in a slum. <laughs> like she was yeah. living and ministering to the poor. Like nothing exceptional, yeah. nothing crazy. She, she was didn't just have a microphone in front no, of her face all the time. No, she was getting her hands dirty. She was she saw a need. That's where she went. That's where she stayed. She committed to being there. Yeah. And was just loving the sick. Like that was her entire ministry was loving the sick and the poor. And the widows and the orphans and the actual like biblical yes. <laughs> thing that was required <laughs> of us. Um and you know that's like a total sensationalized story that's really crazy but like you see then the effects of this woman who had no hunger or ambition for fame or like any of these things right like has become the standard for like loving other people but we don't have to be mother Teresa. and but i like what was katie was saying before here like we often like diminish the importance or the value of where we're at because we're so hungry for the next thing and i think that's part of our like Western brain that's yeah. like totally weirdly wired historically that we like <laughs> are always looking for something bigger than ourselves and outside of ourselves and like a bigger purpose and shake something up and start yeah. something new. Be the change. Be the change and all these <laughs> things. Yeah. But there is like radical power and radical opportunity in being wholeheartedly committed to loving the people directly in front of you. Yeah. And in my place in life where I am right now, that looks like a couple different things. That looks like, like there is ministry that I'm in. Like there's a home group that my husband and I lead. There's this podcast. There's all those other things. Right. But there's also like my sons and there's yeah. my husband. And if all I did, if everything else like fell away and all I did was the absolute best I could by them to humbly serve them and show them Christ's love, like what God could do through that, the ripple effects of that are profound. There is something like foundational and core to who we are as Christians that God, you were touching on this earlier with what mm -hmm. you were talking about. God has made us to be multiplicative. Like yeah. there is multiplicity in kingdom work where what we do, even if you, all you did in your life was disciple one other person and give everything <laughs> that you had to loving this person as Christ yeah. loved them they would go on and do it to someone else or to two other people, right? Like there's this, this effect that is compounding through generations yeah. of um, obedience to what is directly in front of you. And I'm, you know, this is just a literal example, but let's say I have these two boys and that's all I ever have. And I committed myself to saying, okay, what I am going to do is while they are in my house and while they're under my like authority, I am going to do everything everything I can during their waking hours to disciple them, to yeah. teach them, to train them, to let them know the word of God, to teach them and show them how to love other people um, when they're sleeping, to pray for them, like all of these things, right? To like commit my whole self to their discipleship. And all that came of that was they became two normal adults who went on with the love of God in their hearts to then have their own families. A mm -hmm. hundred years from now, there would be hundreds of people that had the direct impact of yeah. my commitment to love these children. Like that's just how generations work. And whether you have biological children or not, you are called to bring people into the family of God, to love them, to disciple them and to send them out. Like that is the formula of how yeah. the gospel is spread throughout the world. And so I'm, this isn't like just applying to parents, but I think it's just an easy picture of like what that looks like generationally. Absolutely. And I think that's on purpose because it's how God has made families to yes. be. <laughs> um, but like 
wherever you are right now, if you are in high school, right? Like your sweet Natalia or Juliana, Mm -hmm. um, and you're just looking at decisions to make for your future and you're saying, okay, I really feel like I'm needing to take a gap year and I'm needing to Mm -hmm. take some time off and figure out what I'm doing with my life. If all you do for the next year of your life is serve and love other people, that is not an a small thing that's no, not a, and that's not a loss it's not a loss yeah. like it's none of those things um we so often see our calling as this like big attainable like place that we get to where we like figure out precisely what we were made for and it's like i'm going to invent this solution to this problem and meet this need that only i could fill um yeah. for like all of society and sure maybe <laughs> but also <laughs> Our, our view of what that looks like is so small and so worldly, like where, you know, I'm going to be the best doctor that there ever was in this specific area and I'm going to save all these lives. If all you did and all your like calling was in your life, which I think is not necessarily, I think it's bigger than this for a lot of people, but yeah. for the sake of the argument, if all your calling was in your life was to pick up one youth venture shift, um, these teen centers that we have at our church that are like outreach centers, you pick up one youth venture shift and you connect with one kid. Yeah. And you love that one kid as long as they are at that center. That is so profoundly important. Yeah. Because what if you're the only one? What if you're the only one that God has like put in that position to do it? And what if you have this unique time and opportunity in your life to like give space to this person and yeah. like point them to the love of Christ? Like that is no small thing. There is no small thing in the kingdom of God. I don't know if you have anything to say on this point. No, I mean, this just, and this should be like freeing from the idea that you have to have this detailed 800 step plan for your life to fulfill your calling. Like the Lord really does just call us to love others, love him Mm -hmm. and walk in that. And that that's going to be blessed and that's going to lead you into careers Mm -hmm. and formal ministry and all of these things that we like yeah it does grow and it does build it it's meant to grow and build and that's you know i hope you walk away from this knowing like that's the goal we want expansion and we want things to become bigger than they are now yeah but that doesn't mean like the growth is what we're striving for necessarily. Right. We're striving for obedience right. and to be pleasing to the Lord. And, and that's, yes. the, that's the mind shift that has to happen for absolutely. this to be well, effective. That's the foundation. Like yes. Yeah, your, absolutely. Your, your goal and your trajectory in your life should be increased maturity, increased capacity, increased wisdom, increased understanding and love of the word of God. Like you should be growing in all these things. Yeah. There should be fruit like that in your life in all these areas. And also you cannot have good fruit from a bad branch. You cannot have good fruit and healthy ministry that is built from a foundation where you do not love people well. You cannot love people well if you do not love God well. Like that's why this is all building on itself, right? And so be ambitious, like pray for and seek and be obedient and do hard things and all of that. But do not neglect the simplicity and the quietness and the, the, unglamorousness of like what the basic calling is for all believers. Yeah. Um, and if that is all you have, it is beautiful. <laughs> like it is so beautiful. Like there's, I don't really know that there's many people that would argue against 
the idea that like the things that satisfy us most in this life, the things that like even from a selfish perspective, right? Yeah. From like a humanistic perspective, people will like say, you know, like I'm here to just like live fast and die hard. Yeah. I want to experience everything I can while I'm here and then like leave this earth. But we all, we all know like deep in our spirit that there is, there's more to life and that there is satisfaction in like, the relationships you have and the connections yeah. you make that is far superior to any like human experience you can have on this earth. Like, and we as Christians would say, yeah, that's because that points to what we were made for. Like that points yeah. to the relationship we were made to have with God and the healthy relationship we were made to have with all other like human beings. But like, we know we're hungry for this. Like no one is really ever satisfied by gaining all of the physical things that they want in this world. Like no yeah. one ever gets to a certain point of wealth and is like, well, I am so completely satisfied and I don't need anybody. Like suicide rates are higher among the wealthy. Yeah. Like all these, like, it's just, it's, it's not enough. You can fool yourself. You can trick yourself into thinking that the hustle is what's going to make your life have meaning. But I think anyone that really is like promoting that is either lying to themselves or disconnected mm -hmm. um, from what they were really made for. And yeah. again, that doesn't mean that you don't have these like areas of influence and passion and that God doesn't give you these things and stewardship over them and all that stuff. However, the foundation needs to be correct. Yeah. Moving on. The last kind of little point I have here that makes the ordinary Christian life extraordinary is the fact that we have hope for eternity. The mm -hmm. fact that we have an eternal mindset and an eternal perspective. I heard a sermon one time by Chris Brown, actually at North Coast Church and uh, he was speaking at my college and he was talking about how he had this like visual with this rope and he had, like has a super, super long rope and there's like a little piece of tape on one end of it. And he like throws the whole rope out and it's like too big to fit on the stage and all this stuff. And he's like, yeah, so this tape is your life. Like yeah. this is your life right here. Like you're a little boop, like your blip mm -hmm. on the map. And this is eternity. And you are an eternal soul. Like, you go for all of this eternity mm -hmm. and yet all of your efforts, like all of your perspective and work so often goes towards this blip. Yeah. And he's like, we talk about five-year plans, 10-year plans, 50-year plans. There's a 500-year plan. Yeah. Like, there's a 5,000-year plan. Like yes. there is an eternality that is central to the Christian worldview that if we're missing and if we're ignoring we lose so much of what we're offered here on earth, like mm. on earth as it is in heaven. We miss the chance to invest in that eternal perspective and that eternal life yeah. um, by just being so blinded by what we see in the temporal and the physical world that we live in right now. And so I want to read here 1 Peter 1.13. Prepare your minds for action and exercise self-control. Put all your hope in the gracious salvation that will come to you when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. We so often find our hope in things that don't last. Like we find our, and Christians are equally susceptible to this. We find our hope in our health, our ability to like biohack and yes. control our health. <laughs> and um, if I could only just like have my own eggs in my own backyard, then the, you know what I mean? Like seriously though. Yes. All um, will be right. With all the will world. be right. And my children will never die. And yes. like all these things. Like, <laughs> we're, all, we're, we're still going to die. We're still going to get sick. Uh, yeah. Um, 
not to diminish if you care about those things, but they're not everything. <laughs> Your hope cannot be in those things. Yes. Um, we find our hope in in the idea of family and children and like meaning in that capacity in our beauty and how we, the image that we present to the world and our ability to like control how we're perceived and uh, our purpose, like we've been talking about, like I, you know, every school that I went to had some like line about like purpose and yeah. like impact and all those things. We can find our hope in like accolades and continually improving ourselves and like self-improvement. Yeah, We can find hope in, in love and relationships and like that'll give me meaning and I'll find my person that completes me and then we're going to be a team and we're going to go change the world. Um, and there are beautiful elements to all of these things. There's something beautiful about the bodies God has given us yeah. and the health that we're able to have and f- having families and um, being beautiful image bearers of God and having a purpose and feeling fulfilled in those things and um, constantly learning and growing and being loved is a beautiful yeah. thing. And like the opportunity to love another person is exceptional when those things all point to the way that we were designed and when they point to the giver of those gifts rather than the gifts themselves they're all reflective they're all reflective (laughs) and they will always disappoint you on their own like they (laughs) will beauty will fade it doesn't matter how much botox you get like Mm -hmm. eventually it's gonna stop working like that's part of reality it's It's gonna move to a different part of your face and you're gonna have to get it removed but you can't really ever get it removed and then it's crazy fillers are gonna (laughs) disintegrate your own like collagen and all these things. like there's just so many things where it's like that's a patch like yeah. that's a, that's a band-aid like yeah. you can you can enjoy that as long as it lasts for you okay mm-hmm. <laughs> and also you're you're hoping in something and investing in something that is not eternal yeah um doesn't make it evil necessarily but or you know sinful yeah but i think it can be anyway yeah i <laughs> think the heart position can be <laughs> yeah, sinful absolutely that's a whole other episode yeah but when our hope is in heaven our life on earth is more fulfilling. Mm -hmm. Those things that we're talking about are more satisfying when they are not what the hope is in. You are able to enjoy those things more completely when your hope is in the eternal life that you have been promised and in that perfect reconciliation with God and with, with all of mankind. And we become less concerned with like all of these races and comparison games in life and we find our ultimate joy in Christ and have a hunger for the things of heaven like our hunger shifts from these things on earth that we're always like collecting and adding up and trying to satisfy when our like hunger and our thirst becomes for the well that never runs dry and the God who never changes and satisfies every every desire of our heart you stop having to search for meaning when your hope is in heaven because your meaning is secure in the fact that you were made in the image of God and that you were bought with a price and that your, your life is bigger than you. Like there is, it's not like a diminishing thing. Like I hear people who are not Christians sometimes like talk about these things where it's like, Oh my gosh, like what a, what a small like view of humanity, right? Yeah. That like we're these puppets of this God and all these things. And it's such a just like, it almost, honestly makes me laugh when I hear yeah. people have this conversation sometimes, not like, oh, I'm so better than you. LOL. But like, <laughs> like you so clearly do not understand the word of God. You so clearly yeah. haven't met this God that I'm talking about. Like, it's like, we're talking about totally different things. Like, oh yeah. Well, the, you the are Christi- talking we about are, totally we different are, things. We are. <laughs> But like hearing people talk about the Bible and the God of the Bible and all these things. And it's just like, wow, you just haven't met him yet. Like, mm-hmm. I actually can't wait for you to meet him 
because yeah yeah like he's gonna blow this is gonna change uh you know this perception way out of the water exactly um and also just another like point here the security of like hope hoping in eternity knowing that god is everlasting and that he is won the ultimate victory yeah. and he's bringing all things to himself and we get to like live in this eternity with him. It actually gives you discernment to make wise and obedient decisions in all kinds of areas of your life. Yeah. Uh, when you have a 500 year view, 5,000 year view instead of a five year view, um, it makes a lot of things become a lot clearer in friendships in relationships and careers and the values that you, that matter to you in your yeah. life. Those decisions become a lot, wiser when you are not basing them on your five minute plan for your own pleasure and rather on the promise of an eternal God who has, who rewards those who seek him, like who is good and who rewards those who seek him. It just makes it easy to avoid a lot of these like trappings and temptations and things that steal the joy of like life on earth from us. So I don't know if you had any more thoughts here. Just that God is good. And it's amazing that there's a reward for us doing the things he's asked of us yeah, (laughs) and that we can find fulfillment in uh, these joyful, simple lives that God has for us and also that we will feel so fulfilled that we're, we're left wanting nothing but fully walking in obedience to him. I think that's, I think that is profound. Yeah. You know, that we can walk in a life crucifying our will Mm -hmm. (laughs) with Christ and still feel so much joy and fulfillment, even though we're not doing the things that our flesh wants us to do. And I think that that, I mean, that is the message of all of this is there's, you know, there's hope and there's promise and there's blessing on the other side of obedience. And when we, when we take those steps and we honor the Lord, then we're, we lack no good thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's a promise, you know, yeah. and we have such an inheritance as Christians and as people who love the Lord and we have so much to look forward to in life and to mm-hmm. be a part of. And I don't know, I think that our lives are something to enjoy and to look forward to more of and all of that stuff. And we have we have a great hope. Yeah, this is all as you're talking. I'm thinking there's this um Jesus Storybook Bible. It's amazing mm-hmm. for little kids. It's the sweetest thing in the whole world. But they have a bunch of other books too that are like specific passage based. And there's one that Owen got for Easter and it's Psalm 23. Mm-hmm. And we read it all the time. He loves it. It's got the cutest little illustrations and everything. But obviously he's not like connecting yeah. with it yet. And there have been like quite a few times where I'm emotional like reading this to him. <laughs> um, but the whole point of this like this Jesus Storybook Bible and all the stories is like in all of this scripture like the the like whole narrative of the Bible pointing to Jesus like that. And it's like digesting those things into little bite-sized pieces for children. But like, man, we are children <laughs> and <laughs> reading like Psalm 23 in this like simple way every day and like realizing like there's so much that like complicates and there's so many life situations and things that happen and we get distracted and all these like minutia of, you know, yeah. disagreements in the church and all these things that we talk about. But like we are sheep and he is a good shepherd. And exactly like you were just talking about, like this like simple, quiet life is beautiful yeah. because it is 
at the hand of a good, kind shepherd who like promises to meet our needs, to be with us Mm -hmm. in dark valleys and to um, like really like knowing and trusting this shepherd, like we are able to rest by by streams of water and green pastures and all these things like that is the simple life we're talking about and that doesn't matter if you're a ceo or you are a stay-at-home mom like yeah whatever those or you're a college student or you're a child or whatever those things are like we all are sheep at the you know at the end of the staff of this shepherd who is good and has our best interests in mind and who we can trust completely um and you know, he says, my sheep know my voice. Like they know my voice and they listen to it. And, um, I want to be, I want to be that kind of a sheep, no matter where I'm sitting, that I can trust his intentions and know him and obey him and like, know that he is with me in dark, dark times and all of that. Like, it's just, it's so beautiful. Go read Psalm 23. Yes. Um, (laughs) anyway, that's what we have for you guys today. Yes. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, as always, you can find us at the Katie's podcast, uh, on Instagram and then at the Katie's podcast at gmail.com for emails. (laughs) (laughs) Um, we can't wait to hear from you and thank you for joining us. Bye. Talk to you soon.